Hello and welcome to the How to Exit podcast, where we introduce you to a world of small to medium business acquisitions and mergers. We interview business owners, industry leaders, authors, mentors, and other influencers with the sole intent to share with you what it looks like to buy or sell a business. Let's get rolling. Hello, and welcome to the How to Exit podcast. Today, I'm here with Stephen Kuhn. Stephen is a mergers and acquisitions pro and um, just really cool guy to, to be around, a turnaround expert. Uh, I personally, just as a full disclosure, I've personally been uh, in around and, and seeing Stephen's work for a few, probably the better part of a year and a half now. So uh, we're, we're involved in some of the same groups, and it's a pleasure to have you on the show today, Steve. Let's just get started. Thanks. Yeah, let's just get started kind of where you started. Like, what got you into mergers and acquisitions? What's your background? Jeez. Um, uh, well, it's sort of like this. Mergers and, mergers and acquisitions, I've probably been doing that almost my whole life without even thinking about it, without even knowing what, what I was doing. I got my MBA back in 2005 in, in the UK. I was already doing deals, but I was doing them a little differently. And I would, you know, I was... a business turnaround uh, advisor and I would actually go to the to the units or to the, the businesses and turn them around um, and I would I would always say well give me some equity right and uh, <clears throat> instead of just the payment and most people would do it without even bat- batting an eye with a guaranteed sellout when I'm done right so that would invest they, they're thinking okay this guy's invested in here he, he he's really going to help us grow the business and so that was me already doing M&A without even knowing it and then um, I guess it was two, over two years ago, I, I took the, the Harbor Club course with Jeremy Harbor in the UK. And on that weekend, I closed my first deal. On the second day of the course, I closed my first deal. Uh, and then since then, I've closed. I mean, I think I have a total of 22 com- companies where I own equity or shares or, you know. And I usually get upfront fee for introductions to whoever. I get um, equity. I get sometimes a retainer for three to four months to set up the deals and make sure they flow. And then I get commissioned out the back end for anybody who I bring in who will generate sales or leads or whatever it is that they're looking for. And so I've turned it into like a niche and I, I do quite well with that. And um, I sort of teach that, you know, to anybody who wants to listen. <laughs> and I personally, I, mean. I personally met a couple of people where you've stepped in and helped them get deals done. I don't think they could have done on their own. So, uh, you know, yeah, well that, that's the whole point before you get to that deal. That's the key. The whole deal isn't what comes after they say, yes, let's do this. The whole deal is before that. And that means, like everybody says, building rapport. But what I, what I say is you go in there, create space, focus on the only thing that you can control in any conversation, and that's the intention. What's your intention? My intention is to solve these, this person's problems and create value. Right? How can I do that? I don't know how to do that until I know the entire story. And I mean even the personal story. So I've had meetings with companies, 16 meetings was my, my longest one before we even talked numbers, you know, and, but they're solid conversations. You know, we're, we're looking at a company right now. It's quite, quite incredible. And it all came through conversations. So that's the most important part of any deal. Yeah. I like to, uh, I like to do that. I like to get in and it's like, try to figure out what their pain points are both, yeah. you know, both inside the business and inside of other areas. Right. Uh, a lot of times, you know, some of the smaller businesses, businesses that wouldn't qualify for something I want to get my hands on anyway, um, they're in their own way. Like the, you know, they're, they're, they're the one causing like the problem. So it's, it's often interesting to be able to 
show them a direction or give them advice to help them clear that up so that they, they eventually have a business that's sellable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, well, you know, and it's, I don't even think about, you know, what are the pain points? I don't worry about that. I, I ask five questions and I tell this to everybody worldwide. Well, what's your, what's your current stats? Like what's going on? Where are you at? What's, you know, what's going on feeling wise. I don't care about the numbers right now. What's your feeling? They're going to tell you some numbers. It doesn't matter. So what are you feeling? What's your status? What are your challenges? What have you done to try to overcome those challenges? Why do you think they, that, that didn't work? Cause they wouldn't be sitting talking to me if it did. And um, you know, where, where do you want to go from here? And I do that in conversation form and I find out, for instance, one guy's like, yeah, it's time to retire. I'm going to travel with the wife, blah, blah, blah. Turns out he didn't want to retire. His wife was forcing him to. So I struck a deal with him and basically said, look, you're, you're going to, I need you right for the next three to five years for as a consultant. So you need to stick around. You get to come to work two or three times a week. He's like, really? <laughs> I can stay in my job. I'm like, yeah, well, you got to tell the wife, you know, that's, that's the stipulations of buying. He's like, okay. And so he closed the deal literally to appease his wife, but still keep a little bit of what he wanted to do. And if I didn't know that he might not have been happy or would have looked for somebody else or would have pulled out in the last minute, you know, cause I didn't find what his issue was, you know? So it's, it's, it's so important to get, to get to that point. Crazy. You know, throughout interviewing people in the podcast and through interviewing business owners to see what their, you know, business owners who have sold to see what their pain points, what they liked and disliked. I very commonly come across that the owner did not take the highest and best offer. When I dig yeah. into what did they take, they took the one that solved most of their problems or yeah, the wants and desires, right? So, yeah. and, and it's not money. I mean, a lot of people think that, you know, in mergers and acquisitions, it's 100% money. The best offer is going to get the business. I, I would There's say people, and that's going to be the, that's going to be the issue that everyone has who goes into a meeting with guns blazing, you know, and I, it cracks me up. Sometimes people say, Hey, could you come help me do this meeting through the first meeting or two meetings? I'm like, okay, but I got to lead. Okay. Let me lead and just listen. And man, I'm on a pull, like it's this emotional journey. And then they're like, Hey, uh, so uh, what's your revenue look like? And it's like someone scratching the needle across a record player, you know? And I'm like, Dude, I just said, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then, and then they pull out and they're like, this vibe is weird. And like, what, what, what? And so it takes, it takes a special kind of person to actually care for real what that person wants. What's the issue that you're solving? What's the challenge they have? And can you even solve it? Sometimes, you know, the, the, the thing that I do is I'll be like, look, let me get back to you. Give me, give me about two weeks. So you have, you know, I, I always tell the story about the Austrian company. They want to manufacture in America and sell, sell to American government. So they need an American manufacturer, distributor, and a government contractor. And I said, okay, let me get back to you. Got, I went over, didn't go over. I called. My contacts got one of each. I got the contractor, the manufacturer, and the distributor. And uh, asked them what they could do, how many doors they have, what kind of revenue you think they could make, what would the cost be. And I, so I calculated, well, I'm probably going to bring them about $5 million in the next two, two, to, two to five years. So I went back to him. I said, here, this is what I got. I got a manufacturer, I got a distributor, and I got the government contractor. Probably about $5 million in years. He's got 3,000 doors. This guy does this. This guy does that. He's like, holy shit, you did all that without a contract? I'm like, well, yeah, I wouldn't take a contract unless I knew I could solve the problem in the first place. And they're like, okay, uh, what's it going to cost me? And then that's where I go to town, right? Well, for the introductions, because I'm bringing you $5 million, right? So for the introductions, I'm on 25 k for the, um, uh, you know, to set up the deals and make sure it runs smoothly for four months. I want to, you know, a, a, a retainer of X, usually 10K, 8K, 5K, whatever it is. Um, um, equity, I started 10, 15%, depending on. 
usually end up somewhere I'm somewhere around seven point five five. Uh, and then I want um, out the back end. I want uh, commission three percent for five years or five percent for three years, whatever the deal is. And I have a guaranteed buyout after three years, so that means I can sell at my discretion. They can't force me out. I put a dragon tag in there, or tag and drag, tag in and there. Yep. So they, yeah, so they can't, so they can't bump me. Um, and it, it works. I'm actually owner of a part owner of a, a solar solar electric generator company that was just two guys in a garage, and now it's this freaking multinational. You know, and um, I remember the guy was selling his guns to pay me. You know, it was oh, like yeah. it was like that. Yeah, that's commitment. But, but why? Why? Because he had one hundred percent certainty in my certainty. You see, when the book that I wrote, Unleash Your Humble Alpha, that my my co-author and I wrote here above my head, we talk about certainty. Right? Certainty allows you to let go of the how. If you're certain of whatever you're doing, you don't have to worry about how you're going to get there because your certainty will carry you there. And People buy into your certainty. They don't buy your product or service. And so when you realize this and you go into a deal, you go into a meeting, you go into anywhere, you go, you do what we call create space. You show up, just like I'm doing here. You show up wholly and fully for the person in front of you or the people with no preconceived notions, no cookie cutter solutions, and no expectation of a specific outcome. Two things about an expectation. You either have an expectation and you verbalize it and get an agreement, or you don't have an expectation. That's it. You focus on the only thing you can control, like I said, and that's the intention. Adding value, creating value by solving problems. And when you do that, it creates a space around everybody, you know, the whole meeting and stuff. And we just sort of vibe and we co-create a solution that otherwise alone you or I would never come up with. That's why creating space is so, is so powerful. It's, it's, it's probably the most powerful concept in the book. Um, and, and I do that for so many people. And our last, my, my deal I'm doing right now with a partner uh, actually flew to Switzerland and visited with the, uh, with the seller. And that was probably the most important thing we ever could have done. So it was worth the investment. Um, and we were done in a half an hour. Do you think you know in I mean? this day and time that's still needed occasionally? They, like people need to see you be in your presence and get that. Not only just those handshake, but there's a vibe or a... Uh... Yeah. A presence, frequency. a frequency yeah. or something that happens when you're in the same physical location as another human being? Well, it depends. I mean, this was a company, the owner's over 70. So most certainly they need to see you in person. It's a family business, 70 some years old. Definitely want to see you in person. Want to hear what you're about. Want to feel your vibes. See if you're going to protect your legacy, that kind of stuff. And we were in, in 30 minutes, we were done. And I'm the kind of guy, I literally walk in that meeting and I could care less if we close the deal. I don't even care because I know whatever happens in that deal is either going to teach me something that I'm going to do better in the next deal or I'm going to get the deal. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, it really it doesn't matter. And just that lack of want and need and wish creates an atmosphere of ease that they're just like, wow, these, these buyers are amazing. These guys, you know, pretty squared away. So, uh, and it was, it was, it was so um, probably the hardest negotiations I've ever had, but with the least amount of talk. It was literally, literally like two words, and we sat and we looked at each other, and then, huh? And then we two words back, and then, it was so funny because we were we were both aware of what was going on, but we didn't do like this typical negotiation. It was very polite, and very very um, cordial, um, respectful, and, and of course, uh, being in Switzerland, I speak German, so they were they were in the German speaking area, um, and uh, we sort of dropped some you know 
German words in there once in a while and made him feel at home. Then I, I told him that my family comes from Switzerland back in the 1500s and you know, like all this kind of stuff to try to get them, not to try, to get closer to them. Right. But it's real. It's real. It's not, and this is the key. You have to care. If you don't care about that person in front of you, don't even try to sell to them because they're going to tell you, you, you maybe, maybe, maybe you'll get the company. But I, I told him, I said, look, I'm going to tell you straight out. Your company, the wages that you pay, your 10 employees or whatever they were, I can put those in. I can fire them all, cut them in half, and hire people who are, more, who are you know, younger and more qualified. And I could, I could save a you know, million dollars a year in wages. But I won't do that because that's, that's, that's your legacy that I'm protecting there and the legacy of these employees. You know, and he was like, whoa, it's crazy. You know, so it's all about I really care about this person. Another deal in, in Australia um, you know, she wanted me to help her turn her, turn her business around. And, uh, we talked about it. I said, okay, it's, it's a six month commitment, 5k a month and, um, some equity. And she was like, okay, um, how's 30% equity. I was like, uh, you've never done this before. Have you? <laughs> That's a key indicator. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, look, uh, if I took 30% equity, I would have to work another six months to make sure that you get what you want out of this. So let's keep it at 10% equity. And, and she's like, I can't afford 5K. I'm like, all right, make it 3.5. I don't care. You know, whatever. So she's like, okay, Australian dollars? I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, let's do it. So I, I did it for 3.5 Australian dollars and 10% equity. And uh, we had a blast. And she is now a business partner in two businesses, one investment fund that we're launching and in the new NFT project. And this is what I mean because I cared about her, her success. We became friends and now we're doing business together. Yeah, I think I've met her a couple of times on different uh, presentations where you were uh, yes. you're on there. Sarah. So, Sarah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant uh, yeah. lady. So uh, that yeah. was a huge win for you. Actually, you know, there's there's something inherently way more valuable with human connection and having a potential team member and business partner in the future than it is picking up 10 percent of her business. Right. Right. And, exactly. And. You know, I've been asked to be on some of the first calls with some of the Harbor Clubbers and some other people in the other groups. Uh, um, I'm not going to mention here, but it's really hard to get people to go out of the, okay, what's your revenue? You know, I signed an NDA. Did you sign the NDA? Like, that's not the conversation I want to have either. And I'm a little different than you because I don't do turnarounds. I'm more interested in what it is, what is, what is it is you want to accomplish? You know, at the end of the day, what do you want? Right. And a lot of times, you know, I've had owners go, I want 1.5 million. It's like, cool. Let's see how we can get you there. That's my instant response. Cause I don't know your business. I don't know your numbers. I said, before we even talk about that, let's, let's talk about what's going on in in the space of you and and the business. And, you know, I I like to do that out of all the things you can do. This is the deal. This is the deal. When I say to somebody, let's talk about what's it. Don't talk about talking about it. Just talk about it. Uh-huh. I mean, like a lot, uh, like people are like, oh, I'm a, I'm a master. I, I create rapport and I, well, tell me, John, uh, when was the last time, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, no, just freaking talk to him. Yeah. Just walk up. Hey, how's it going, Stephen? Great to meet you, man. What a great place. I love the car outside. Pretty awesome. And I'm, and I was checking out your, your, uh, your front desk. It looks pretty sweet. Is that new? You know, I just start talking. What really happens? What really p- uh, picks up your attention? And just talk to him. You know, we walked into that business and they had a digital. A digital floor tile and it said welcome Stephen Cohn and so and so in the digital floor tile and I was like you gotta be kidding me and I said hey come here can we take a picture together with this you know so I'm like with the owner pointing at you know that kind of and you know what I mean like I, I thought it was so cool and of course me bringing him into my personal space like that 
it was okay for him to say yes he did and we it just it creates a bond but it was real like i was like this is freaking cool man <laughs> you, know I mean? like, you know so it isn't like okay i have a script and uh mr so-and-so i'm gonna i'm gonna what i'm gonna do today i'm gonna talk to you about who you really are and how you you know what I mean? it's like what come on just freaking talk hey john how's it going steven or sally or whoever you know i get it i think i ever met a sally but anyway <laughs> <laughs> Now you got me thinking. Do I yeah, I know, right? I'm thinking. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the little yeah. things you think, you know, it throws you off. Uh, yeah. So let's walk, let's just walk through a, a typical conversation. You know, um, a business owner reaches out to you uh, or you reach out to them for, you know, because you've, you've seen something that ca- uh, sparked your interest. Yeah. What is the first thing that, you know, you actually say to them over the phone? I know what I, you know, I personally just start asking questions about them and what they're, what they're wanting to accomplish. But um, what is it that you, I kind of walk through your scenario. Uh, I, like I said, I just get into a conversation. I'm like, Hey, how you doing today? What's going on? And they start talking. I'm like, all right. So you're looking to uh, maybe do something with your business. And they're like, yeah, you know, we're not sure. Or, yes, we are. I want to sell it for 1.5 million or whatever. And yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, well, let's get to know each other a little bit. What do you say? I'm Steven. been doing this for so and so many years. been doing this and that and the other. What about you? You know, I checked out your company, great, you know, great background. I love the, the history of it. And then I pick something. It's just like when you go to a job interview, right? Do a little research, find out about their history. If there's any history on the, on the website, mark it down, remember it and stuff and say, that was pretty cool how your grandfather founded this company. How, how long did you work with him directly or was it after he left? You know, just whatever and just get into it and start. The thing is this, whatever I initiate, whatever comes back, that's what I react to. And the biggest mistake that I see that people make is they, they have a, that's like I said, those five questions I asked, I don't stick to that script. I might ask the first question and then it goes on forever. And then I ask the third question. I go back to the second question. It depends where I am. I pick them up where they are and meet them where they are. Right. And so it isn't this, this, okay, check, check, check. Not at all. It's just, Hey man, what's going on? What's the status? Why do you want to sell? Like what's, this is a beautiful, what's going on? You know? And then they just talk to you. Well, yeah, you know, the wife and that, da, 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 da. And then you say, well, what, you know, what are the challenges that you're having with this? Why can't it? I mean, it's a beautiful company. It's like, well, you know, my kids don't want it. You know, I wanted to try, try to pass on a family. They don't want it anymore. I'm like, I get that. I get that. So they're absolutely out. You, they definitely don't want anything to do with it. Oh, they, they want some of the money when I sell it. Yeah, but they don't want to work here. You know, and you're like, oh, I can get that one. I said, can, can, uh, can, I, can, can I get on that deal too? <laughs> you know, like always making, you know, just sort of like making some, some levity into it. And, uh, yeah, it's just sort of, it's a real conversation. I mean, it's hard to say because you don't know until you go in there and create some space and see what's going on. It's all about them. It's not about me. It's not about my wishes. It's not about my wants. It's not about how much they want to sell it for. It's not about how much I want to buy it for. It's about them. Just get to know them like you would in a bar or a cafe or in a swimming pool or, you know, the grocery store. You know, it's, you say that, but I honestly believe that I don't think many people actually listen to listen. They listen to respond. So halfway through something, you know, somebody's saying something halfway through it, they're already working on their response. It sounds like you're a very active listener. You listen wholly, completely, and then, you know, not respond to that, you know, basically respond to the whole concept instead of the first, first idea that comes up is what most people are trying to respond to. They'll say, uh, they'll hear enough to get something tangled up in their own head and then they'll start formulating a response. So uh, that's... Well, if you, if you listen... And you let it sit for a second before you respond uh, and create that space. You're gonna, you're. It's going to sound like you might not be answering the question. If if someone's listening to that one first question, like you said, the first baseline or whatever. But if you listen to the end, which you probably should, 
then you'll see, oh, wow, they just like he just covered the whole, the whole question and more. And that's sort of how I do it. Um, I listen. I have to listen. But I'm listening for tonality. I'm listening for emotion in the voice. I'm listening. And it's all intrinsic. I don't do it like, you know, like, you know, Zen or whatever you call it or, you know, Jedi mind tricks or whatever. I don't do NLP, you know, neuro-linguistic programming, which is basically manipulation of another human being, which I can't stand. Um, you know, and it's just, it's just show up and be a good person, man. And I quit talking have. about yourself and quit talking about yourself and don't talk shit about who you are and how great you are and all this kind of, no one gives a damn. This guy wants to sell his company or this gal wants to sell their company. Listen to him. Just listen to him. What do they want? Why are they leaving? What do they need? Like one guy, he's like, no, I want cash up front. I want cash up front. I want cash up front, cash up front. Cause I'm moving to, to Silicon Valley and I'm going to live there. I'm like, well, Okay. What about if we uh, give you a chunk up front, you know, from the revenue or from the, uh, from the bank account, and then we'll pay you deferred and I will pay you a paycheck basically for the next five years. And you can live in California without a job for five years. How's that sound? He's like, Oh, I never thought of it like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So this, this, this wasn't a business guy. It was an employee who, who happened to have a business. He wanted to be an employee. He wanted to have effortless money. And I said, well, this is how we're going to do it. We ended up not closing that deal, but he loved it and he used it for the next guy. And then they closed the deal with this, with the next guy for a little bit more money. You know what I mean? So it's like, what do they really want? This guy, if you're saying I want money up front, what's the other way? Oh, I can pay you deferred. Why? I don't want it deferred. I want it now. I'm going to California. Oh, going to California? Why? Huh? Oh, you want to live there? Okay. Well, how, how, how about if I send you basically a paycheck for the next five years? Oh. I, I used to use that. Um inside of the real estate space, I actually would work with people for owner finance deals. And I had a uh, lady had a pretty nice house. She wanted, she's like, she reached out to me and goes, Hey, I want to sell this house to you. I'll even finance it to you. I just need a, a considerable down payment. And uh, I said, okay, let's, I'll come by and take a look at it. So we started talking and the considerable down payment in her world started off at 50 K for a $250,000 house. And, uh, so I was like, 50K? I said, okay, well, so do you mind me asking, you know, what's the goal with the 50K? Are you going to stick it in the bank, draw interest on it or something like that? And uh, she goes, well, I want you to have considerable skin in the game. And I was like, well, this is the business I'm in. And we just had a nice discussion about it. And the next thing I know, she goes, well, I'll take 30K. It's like, cool. Um, you got you to use for the 30K? She goes, yeah, I'm going to go on a cruise. And I'm like, that's going to be one heck of a cruise, 30K, yeah. you know? And uh, the next thing I know, we got it down to, I think it was like $11,000 down. I paid for her cruise. I basically paid for the chicken, ticket yeah. of her cruise and some yeah. spending money, yeah. what she wanted. The cruise was like seven seventy five hundred. So I just took care of that cruise she wanted to go on, gave her some money to spend on it. And then I showed her, I'm paying you 8% interest on this house. You're not going to get that at that, you know, in your, you know, CDs and bonds you were going to stick this yeah. money in anyway. Yeah. So let's just, let's get a better interest rate in it. And she, she was all about it. She's really happy. So uh, a lot of times people tell you they want something and I don't think that's what they really want. They were told to ask for something. You know, so yeah, they asked exactly. somebody and they said, get significant down payment, you know? Yeah. Well, most, most people who start a business never think about exit until they're like, Oh, maybe I should leave. They don't even call it an exit. Cause they don't know what's, they don't know what's called an exit typically. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's, there's always a, and even saying that there's always a way makes it sound like I'm trying to find a way, but I'm not, I'm literally just trying to get to know the person. And, and, and I, if I can, and this works in any kind of deal, I don't care if I'm going and I'm flying to the States and I don't have business class. And I want an upgrade. I'm going to get a freaking upgrade. Why? Cause I don't give a shit about the person in front of me. I'm going to talk to them. Right. I get, I get that upgrade. I own it. Right. This book, 
our book, Humble Alpha, Unleash Your Humble Alpha, it teaches you how to own your presence in life where you show up, people listen, period. Simple as that. And that's by knowing your true identity and who you are. And that's by, that's by knowing your purpose. And that's by amplifying your identity through your purpose, owning that presence. And when you have that, uh, people just want to be around and, and, and work with you. Why? Every time I get on a call, every time I get on a group call, or today I was on a, on a mastermind as a guest speaker, I'm like, man, your energy is amazing. And I'm like, boy, if you knew how I was in person, hell, this is nothing. You know, but it's not, it's not because I'm pushing it out. It's because I'm not trying to be anybody. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just being me and loving what I do. That's where the energy comes from. People think it's like, oh, you work out all the time. Yeah, I do. That's part of it. But it's only because people, most people you see them, they're like, well, hello there. Yes. And nice to meet you. And you know, they're, 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 they're trying to figure out how do they act. I'm like, just be yourself, man. Just be authentic. If you're an asshole, we're not going to get along. And at least you're honest. You know, if I'm an asshole, we're not going to get along. So if at least you're honest, you know what I mean? Like why, why, why change yourself for something on the outside? The inside is where the power lies. My friends, the inside is where the power lies. When I know who I am, my true identity, and I, and I know my purpose, man, I'm unstoppable because I have that certainty of who I am and that I'm able to deploy my genius in any situation that I am confronted with. Boom, period. And as they say in German, end the house. <laughs> and out. <laughs> and then, you know, another, I, I have another friend here in town who is, you know, retired Marine Corps, overly confident, but people buy into his confident and confidence will help him out because he really believes that he's going to accomplish whatever he says he's going to accomplish. And there's a big difference in that people buy into your certainty certainty yeah i like that word better There's, than confidence you said overconfident now that's the thing you can't be over certain there's no such thing you can be overconfident there's plenty of that out there uh, that's people who are in their zone of power which is great and they're, they're 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 the people who identify with that title and not who they really are so a lot of people say i'm a marine corps veteran i'm an army veteran i'm a ceo you know i'm a mother i'm a father and that's great and that's wonderful and you should be proud of that but that's not who you are that's what you do Right. And once you, and, and people take, and that's, that's where the, that's where the, the lack of integration, full life integration comes from. When you, when you see a CEO at work, he's, you know, and then at home, he's, you know, his kids are beating him on the head with a stick, you know, and uh, his wife says, take the garbage out and shut up, you know, and the guy doesn't, can't do anything because he's not a, not a, a leader of himself, leader of his mind. Right. You got to lead your mind. You have five minds, you know, you have the conscious, the subconscious, the parenting mind from your parents, you have your inner child and you have your ego. If you don't lead those minds, your subconscious is going to be feeding your conscious all day long. This garbage from the past that you just keep regurgitating and you'll never get ahead. So you got to lead your mind as a leader. You got to find out who you really are, who's your true identity, lead yourself forward through your purpose. And it sounds like something that might be different, but it's, it's most of it's in the book, except for the five minds. That's newer than the book. Um, but it's, it, it, it turns you into someone that you love to see in the mirror every day. Put it that way. Like you, you wake up and you're like, damn, you know what? I'm a pretty good, I'm a pretty good, damn good person. I'm not, I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that. I'm not worried about that. I only think about the things that I am doing and that I want and not what I don't want. Most people focus on what they don't want. Oh man, I hope it doesn't rain. Oh my God. I hope I don't wreck my car. Oh, I hope this. I hope it. Why don't you focus on what you want? Put that energy into what you want. Stop thinking about what you don't want. You know, that's where the power comes. You know, I think there's a, there's some merit to that. Like the, power of uh, suggestion or whatever so i'm big on that with my family like you know it's raining i hope we don't get in a wreck i was like stop don't even say those words change like it's raining we're trying to drive slower and safer that's fine right yeah. um 
but if people put as much intention and attention on things they wanted in life than they do on things that they don't want in life, their life yep. results would be totally different. The universe conspires for you always, 100% of the time. If you say, man, this is shit, the universe will be like, as you wish. Lord, <laughs> there you go. That's what you said. You know? yes. And we actually create that with our own. That's why I always say find good meaning in everything, right? No matter what happens, find good meaning in everything. Have no against energy. No, not, not against uh, anyone or not against anything. And, and another thing is the, you know, the want energy, which is I want this, I want that. So when you say I want to make, I want, I want to buy this company, right? Or I want to sell this company or I want to make a million dollars. That turns into, man, I hope I can make this. Oh, man, I, I need to plan. I need to do this. What you're doing is you're giving it, ex, you're giving it excess importance or excess um, desire. And what that does is it does this. Right? And all the magic happens out here. The coincidences over here. Coincidence. Luck. New doors. New people. New, new, new situations. Podcasts. All these kind of things. They happen out here. And if you're like this, you won't see them and you're going to miss it. And you're going to think that you're going in the right direction. But that's the direction that you think you should go. Maybe not where you should go. Um, and so there's there's so many. Uh, there's such a. It's, it's almost like a. like a What's the word? Teufelskreis. Uh, like a, a rabbit hole that, that, that you go down once you start understanding this stuff. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's fascinating, actually. Because when you realize all of these things and we realize that our mind is actually controlling what's going on around us and you realize that the only thing that matters is how you feel on the inside and that the entire world mirrors back your energy towards you, everybody you talk to. And, and you know, currently right, right now, I'm really deep into this because it's a personal situation that I'm in. And I can see it. I can change that person like that into a positive person just by me owning my presence and being positive, Right. So when you realize the whole world is a mirror of you, why would you go into meetings being arrogant and pushy and show-offy and whatever, right? Yeah, I, 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 yeah. there are people out there that even teach that you got oh, you got to present yourself as the alpha above them, and and you know they have to look up to you, or you're never going to get the deal done. I just don't think that's true. It uh, used to uh, be. It used to be. That's old sales. I mean, we had the sales back in the ninth, nineteen ninety-eight or the eighty-eight. 98. I was still in the army in 1988. 1998, uh, we had 10 sales offices with a table, two chairs. So you'd bring two people in and I would sit on the table looking down at them. You know, that, that's old school. You know, you don't do that anymore. You, someone tries that shit with me and be like, dude, you better back up. <laughs> like, Get out of my about? space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so, man. you know, this a lot of people were listening and just jumped in on this. Like I thought this was a M and A, uh, you know, podcast. But but what the reason I bring that up is a lot of people don't get that this is a people business. You're not buying a business as much as you are working with people and helping them get where they want to get. You're going to end up with the business some of the times, but on air, there are human. I don't care how big the business is. There are human beings there, and you have to deal with human emotion. You you know. They're, what, how are you going to treat your wife or your, or your husband? Right. How would you treat them? Would you treat them any different than them? Well, then you're not being authentic. Right. Right? I, get I mean, why, why would you treat them different? Would you talk to your wife like, like you talk to the, this guy? Or would you talk to your husband like you talk to that gal? I mean, if you're not, then you're not being authentic. I would say here's, here's a litmus test. If you're at home eating dinner with your wife or your husband or your partner or whoever, 
and one of your employees or people that you know on the outside is a fly in the wall, will they even recognize who you are? And vice versa, your, your wife at work, your husband at work, your partner at work, will they, will they, will they recognize you? You know, if, they, if it's two different people, then it's all about integration. And that integration is where the key lies to owning your own presence through knowing who you are, your true identity, and amplifying that through your purpose, which crystallizes. You know, basically, the humble alpha is an operating system. Right. So you have five core models in, in, in which you which you live by. It shows you what to do to unleash your own humble alpha operating system. And once you know your operating system, you can launch from there. And I mean that I didn't even know my operating system until, until, until we, 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 we wrote the book. And we did it intrinsically. It sort of happened. I was good at what I was doing, but I, I couldn't give it a name. I couldn't teach it. People were like, how did you end up working for Mick Jagger? And I'm like, I just walked up to him. And they're like, what? Like, how? And I'm like, I. Like literally just walked up to him in a hotel. Yeah, but what was your mindset? Which I, I don't remember. So I had to go through all that. And I have to, I had to actually take a year to go through my entire life and come up with all of the information in the book and figure out how I did what I did. Cause I've, you know, I've worked for parliaments. I've, you know, in the top levels of, of European uh, uh, politics, the Royals, you know, I did movies. I mean, it's crazy, just ridiculous kinds of kinds of stuff, which in, in industries I had no, no, no idea about. In, in positions I had no qualifications for, and I always did it. You know, people are like, how, how? Well, it's all in the book now. Right. So, you know? uh, if so, the book, it would, you know, the Humble Alpha book will show them the operation, uh, operate, self operating system, as you refer to it. What, how does that relate to the, like, let's just go, let's dive back into the MA side, yeah. um, where you're, we're looking at deals. We're uh, out there reaching for companies. Companies are reaching for us. I'm a. I, I really buy into the the concept. If if you've got like really strict goals, you've got blinders on. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's just no way about it. I've had people I've invited to be on the podcast, and they're well, maybe in the summer. I've got these four goals I got to hit between now and then. And my my response is cool. What are those goals? Yeah. Like, you know. And, you know, sometimes they'll respond and, you know, I'll, I'll hook them up with people to you know, line them up with some of the, you know, like, well, maybe these guys, here's two guys that can probably help you get there. Right. Uh, well, how did you know those? Well, I interviewed them on the podcast. You know, you'd probably get to know yeah. them if you jumped on here with me. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, people have, they, I mean, it's a set of blinders. You get, it's a, what is it called? Narrow sided or whatever you want to, you know, they're, they're, yeah, they're they're blinded by like the thing that's right in front of them that they're trying yeah. to achieve, and they're missing all the other stuff that could be bigger, better, and uh, you know more important to their lives uh, than you know than the thing that they're setting for at, towards a goal. So yeah, well, you know, I I agree. It's um, I would say if you have you know people talk about hustle and grind and head to the grindstone. If you're doing that, man, you're missing everything. You're missing everything. You really are. You know, it's 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 horrible to say, but uh, a lot of people believe in that. You know, hustle and grind, and oh, put your head down, put keep your head down, laser focus. Everyone says that, laser focus, laser focus. That's what you're doing. You're like a horse on a horse track. You know, and this is where it all happens. Like I said, coincidence and all those luck and everything else. You know, and it's just it's a shame. And also, you're missing out on life, man. You know, you don't know what's what's going on around you. I talk to everybody. I talk to everybody. Everybody that comes in, in my area, I, if they tell you they don't talk back to me, I just say, "Have a great day," and that's it. Some people are like, "Why is why is this dude talking to me?" Like, you know, like why is he saying hello to me? I don't know who he is. 
especially in Eastern Europe where I live. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> uh, but the, the ones that do, it's really joyful. And I have, you know, I've, I know everywhere I go, I end up knowing people, airplanes, you name it, you know. Hell, I've, I've stood up on airplanes in business class and saying Elvis, you know. It's like, that's how, that's how crazy. <laughs> I haven't done anything you know? like that. I, I have the three-foot rule. If you're, uh, uh, if you're within three foot of me, I probably will know your life story within a few minutes. So yeah. I, I truly uh, find myself two things people like to open up to me for some reason and it's because i care and i want to listen and i'll ask okay. you know uh i don't ask people i quit asking years ago i was like what do you do for a living i don't ask that anymore like if i meet somebody at a starbucks or coffee shops like what makes you happy you know I, I don't care what you do for a living what, what makes you happy you know a lot of times it's my kids my grandkids you know i love my job cool what's your if job? i so i'm gonna be honest with you if someone asks me what makes you happy i'd be like that's a weird question to ask me it's exactly why I do it, though. It makes you stop and actually think. Okay. Right? So, well, yeah, Steve, well, I mean, it, I would be like, why, what's this guy want from me? I would, I would be like, huh, why is he asking me? I, I, you know, for me, it'd be like sort of weird. It ain't the first, it's usually not, hi, how are you? What, what makes you happy? It's like, yeah, you know, know. It's like yeah. we talk about something cool, their shoes or yeah. their purse or whatever yeah. it is, you know, that what they ordered as a drink. Hey man, is that any good? I've been looking at that on the menu. And then before I know, like when they ask me, what do you do for a living? I'll tell them like, well, I, yeah. I help business owners get where they want to go. And then they're like, well, you know, and then you know, they kind of leave that awkward open space and that like, you're going to ask them what to do for a living. I don't, I just say, well, what makes you happy? Yeah. What do you enjoy in life? Or they'll tell me what they do for a living. They'll say, well, I, you know, I, I own a bakery. I said, cool. Does that make you happy? Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, no. I just say, it, sound, it sounds like you're trying to be my coach. <laughs> it's not. It, it, I, I truly are you want happy, to happy, Steven? Steven, are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy, dude. Are you sure? Oh, yeah, it's, I'm happy. <laughs> I, I think it's in the tonality, right? It's, I, I'm actually coming from I'm just messing office. with you, man. I'm I know you are. But it's, it, there's a difference in saying, hey, what, what, what makes you happy, man? Right? Then, yeah. hey, you know, then the real authentic, you know, it's like, Oh, you, just well, told, it, you just told me you're an M&A, man. Does that really make you happy? What is it you well, enjoy? The thing life, that, huh? What you're talking about there is it happens inevitably in a longer conversation where you end up being the helping hand of that person have a breakthrough, you know, in that moment. I mean, I'm a coach, right? So I've been doing it for 25 years. I was a coach before people knew what a coach was. Uh, most people forget in the corporate world, it's been coaching since the, the late 70s, or right. sorry, late 60s. It was a part of your, if you were a corporate executive, you had to coach. That was your job. And now it's like coaching. So, right. um, you know, I always, like all I end up, I mean, I've even met women that ended up being a girlfriend, you know, uh, because you end up on the plane almost coaching them or wherever you are. And uh, uh, it's funny. It's funny how, and it's because I really care. Like, I really care. Like, I really, I got invited to the UK actually to speak at the heart, the, 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 What's it called? Deal Fest from Jeremy Harbor uh, next month. And uh, I was doing a presentation in a, in a Facebook group, the High Net Network. And, uh, and I said, uh, yeah, I'm going to be in London. Oh, my God, you mean London? Can you come? And, uh, you know, because I always go into that group, never want nothing, never ask for nothing, just give, 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 because I love the people and I love, like, making them successful. And uh, they just, like, adore me because of that, giving free value, right? And so they invited me now to stay three days longer and do three events in three days uh, for the high net, net network, um, like high end, the whole British private club scene. You know what I mean? Um, which is cool, you know, looking forward to it, but it's completely different than what I usually do. You know, I, I, uh, I, uh, I usually don't get involved in that, uh, in that kind of like scene anymore. 
I'm 54, live in a small village in Hungary. I like to uh, spend as much time with my kids as possible, um, you know, and do as little work as possible and have the biggest impact. So do you ever accidentally coach yourself out of a deal? Because I know I just did. Like, that's the reason I was asking. No, I don't accidentally coach myself out. I will not take that deal if I don't feel the warm and fuzzy. I just, do, I just don't do it. I mean, I've turned down deals. I've turned down money, like, like a couple hundred grand, 300 grand. I mean, I just, no, I don't feel it. So in this case, what I was referring to is uh, the business owner. I've done a lot of work to get where you're kind of already at. I've taken the different courses, the Tony Robbins, the Landmark. The I'm certified in NLP, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. I don't use it on people. I, I did it. I actually took that certification because somebody was using it on me and I needed to work with them. Yeah. And I was like, I need to understand this and what they're trying to do so that I can actually communicate with this human being because I really needed to communicate with them. And they were constantly playing the, you know, NLP. Game. Oh, I can't stand it when someone. I'm like, would you stop with the NLP? I just <laughs> talked to me, and they're like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Don't even try it. I know what you're doing." You know what I mean? Exactly. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I you know I, I took that stuff. Well, this individual we were going through, and I was like, he was he was in his own way, and I won't say who it is because I know that his two coaches listen to the podcast. But um, so he was in his own way, and I started working with him a little bit about why that was there. Meaning he was he was like his his the reason he was selling is he's on his second marriage. They were getting divorced and he's burned out on this. He's a partner with his wife. There's all this talk about this. I'm tired of it. And he's actually kind of self-destructing it. And we started talking about different things and come to find out he had done one of the trainings I'd done. I said, let's just go back to that training right there. You know, what, what are the actual facts and what are the story you're creating around the facts that are not necessarily true? And we just talked a little bit. Next thing I know, he's going back to that training, cleaning it up. And, you know, I wouldn't have bought the business is in too much trouble. And the cool thing is when we when we parted ways, I say like, we're still friends. And look, if you decide to sell this in two or three years, it's probably going to be more ready for what I'm looking for. I'd have never bought it in its current state anyway. Uh, you know, it's just too I don't do turnarounds. You're, you're an expert in that. Um, I'm not. So I'm looking for well-run stuff. Um, inside of that space, knowing what you know now the experience you have now and this knowledge base you have now, uh, what do you know now that you wish you'd have known like on day one, like you first, but when you first started getting into kind of buying businesses. So, you know, I think it's, it's it, all the information you have doesn't mean shit unless you have a relationship. Like you can have, you can know every, you can, like, like I said, MBA, which is totally worthless by the way for me, but you know, you can have an MBA, you can have all the degrees and all the knowledge you want, but unless that knowledge is applied, doesn't mean Jack, right? It doesn't mean Jack. It's just a bunch of words and stuff in your head. You got to apply that experience and uh, implement that into your life. I think if, if I'd have known that I wouldn't have gotten an MBA, I wouldn't have gotten, you know, spent all that time in those certifications and all that kind of stuff because I don't need any of them. You know, I'm just doing what I'm doing. And I understand in some countries you got to have a certification, this, that, and the other. But, you know, it's just, yeah. I get it. I've got five college degrees, seven majors, right? And and all yeah. these sort of, you know, certifications and everything in the world. And part of it used to be the excuse that I used to tell people I love to learn. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. uh, what it's it was, is it, it was an addiction. And actually it was a, uh, I had an unanswerable question was, do you understand me? You get it. Um, I grew up, and this is kind of going deep into my uh, childhood, but. Up until fourth grade, I had a speech therapist. I had a speech impediment. And uh, so people, mm. yeah. So, and when we moved to this little country school out in the middle of nowhere where kindergarten through 12th grade was on the same campus, 
the speech therapist was in the learning disabled room. So in fourth grade, people seen me coming out of there with kids with Down syndrome and they were kids are mean, man. They just like they. So I, I, I developed this complex as I'm not freaking stupid. I spent almost my entire life trying to prove it. So that's yeah. why I say I've got five college degrees, seven major. All this stuff is because yeah. I was trying to prove to the world I wasn't stupid. And well, it serves nobody. It really doesn't. It wasn't, no. Uh, it wasn't. It's, I, it's funny. I had speech therapy, too. I think until I was in third grade or fourth grade, I couldn't say an R to save my life, you know? Yep. Um, you know? And I was like, birthday, birthday. And then I spent yeah. I spent all those years learning how to say R. And then I moved to Germany. And then, and then I have to say the R like I used to say it. <laughs> Before the therapy. <laughs> and I was like, damn. <laughs> my parents, my mom was an accountant for a ta- a Target, which was originally, I think, Tasco or something. But anyway, they took me in for an uh, employee-only uh, uh, shopping day. And there was a giant remote like looking or a big toy fire truck. And I could not say the word truck. <laughs> I couldn't say the R and my T sounded like an F. So I was screaming at the top of my lungs. Like I want that oh, fire. Yeah. F. I want that fire. This, I always yeah. label these as explicit. I was screaming. I want that fire. Fuck. I want that fire. Yeah. Fuck. And you know, I, you know, my dad had his hand over my mouth trying to drag me out of the store. Right. You know, all the way to, you know, up a, a couple of years ago, I made part of my living going around speaking and giving courses on marketing and, you know, doing marketing coaching. Right. So it sounds like you did the same thing. I know a lot of people who, started off with some adversity and they overcome it to the point where they made that one of their core skills. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, my life has cascaded. Like everything I've done was because I needed to do the next, I needed that to do the next thing, you know, and it's, it's, it's something that when you put that in as your, let's say one of your operating laws is that everything you do is so you could do the next thing. You never look at the thing you're doing as the, the final solution or the thing that's going to save you or the thing that's going to be the big hit because you know it's a cascading movement to, to go forward. And that's sort of what I've been doing my whole life. Didn't realize it until I wrote it down. Um, and it's, 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 uh, it's, a, it's a good thing. It's a cool thing like the project we're doing now, the Have NFT. You see the, the, the website here, haveNFT.io. That's a veteran-based um, NFT ecosystem that we're building the first one of its kind the largest profit for purpose project on the metaverse right now uh we have a, a partner called ecta ecta.io they are a blockchain partner they have their own token their own blockchain their own mainframe we're 100 autonomous um real world impact we're dropping profits into 100 veteran nonprofits. we're working with veterans we have um spokespeople spokespersons that are just top-notch way out there you know and that's that's one of my, that's something my passion project, right? So you know, and th- this is this is a cascading, more cascading of what we're going, and that is leads into fractional real estate and fractional M and A investment through NFTs in the investment fund that we're um, that we're launching, which is called Have Investment Fund. Have stands for Humble Alpha Veteran Empowerment, right? Humble so Alpha you, Veteran Empowerment. Okay, got it. Yes, half. So Humble Alpha, of course, and then Veteran Empowerment, which we've been doing for the last four years anyway, five years, teaching teaching entrepreneurs. We have Facebook's largest um, veteran entrepreneur group. we got a Warrior Council, which is a paid group. We have live events. We have retreats, um, symposiums, healing symposiums. And we're using the blockchain to document all of this to make it irrefutable so that other veterans can get help quicker. And we're taking, we're consolidating all of what's out there. We're trying to consolidate all of what's out there and bring it together, have more of an impact because there's 22 veterans a day commit suicide and it hasn't changed in 20 years. Although there's 30 times more um, uh, nonprofits than, than, than there was 20 years ago. 
And that's because there's competition and it's fragmented and no one knows where to go. So we want to bring it under one roof through the Have NFT, through the 100 nonprofits, bringing them together, having one vision, documenting it all on the blockchain. So it's ir irrefutable evidence of healing, of help, of, you know, whatever treatment. And anyone can go there and find it and immediately find out where they need to go. And so it's, it's a massive, massive project. It's only able to be that massive because we're, we're using blockchain. Otherwise, it would all be manual and be next to impossible. So I'm a and, member of a couple of your veterans groups there. And uh, for our veteran listeners, uh, how do they find that? Uh, the, it's a pretty powerful group on Facebook. So how do they? Yeah. Vetpreneur Tribe. Just go to Facebook, Vetpreneur Tribe. Uh, or just look at my name and write me or something and figure that out. You know, do that I, way. But I, I, I highly suggest that everyone gets into the have NFT. The NFTs are challenge coins. Um, basically a military challenge coin, something like this. It's metal. There's millions of them in circulation and we we're, we're making them of the mascots of each of the forces. And uh, if anyone knows anything about NFTs, it's basically you're having fractional ownership in a, a, a digital asset, um, you know, a, an investment or in an actual hard asset like real estate. And so when you buy a digital challenge coin, you're actually having ownership in the ecosystem. You're, you could stake it, earn money, passive income, all that kind of stuff. And we're just we're just allowing um, we're opening up the path for veterans to move into the digital economy as some of the first movers because only five percent of the entire world is in crypto and NFTs right now, so it's a completely blue ocean. And we're just we're way ahead of our time, and so we're having to educate a lot of people about this situation because the entire rest of the NFT world they're all competing for the same five percent. It's interesting yeah. that. Um... You know, you'd think that if anybody looked at my background, you'd think I would be way more into crypto because, you know, my background in computer security and stuff. Yeah. Um, I only got interested in it this year. And it's funny is everybody I talk to, everybody knows more about crypto than I do. I've been yeah. watching all the videos and training and learning and, and trying to you know get a little bit. And I'm playing around with Coinbase and, and some small stuff. But uh, I got intrigued by it because of a deal that came on the table Um Somebody beat us to it. We, you know, I, I think um, money loves velocity. Somebody offered a better deal to the. It was a lawyer selling it, but uh, the biggest play to turn that company around and do something significant with it, with the assets they have, would have been NFTs. Um, it was a digital library of movies, basically, and had some of the original Marilyn Monroe movies, some of the original um, Jackie Chan, some of the original Bruce Lee's. You know. Taking, you know, the goal was to take key scenes out of those and do some type of NFT on those. But, oh, yeah. <clears throat> so I started diving into that. and was like, that's really intriguing. That's kind of a rabbit hole that you could spend a lot of time in. Um, and it's my kind of side project now is to learn that space. So, well, it's it goes quick. Let me tell you, um, you know, I didn't know anything about it. Well, crypto, I did. You know, I was yeah. buying crypto for the last three or four years, but um, I didn't know basically anything about it uh until four months ago until about nfts yeah you know so yeah well we're at we're at the uh about 50 minute mark here uh we've, we've talked a little bit about your passion projects we talked uh, a lot about the personal side of um m a like getting to know the human being and working with them and how really caring about what they need um is there anything like we asked a lot of questions stuff there's anything that you're thinking in the back of your head man we really should have covered this people should know this about the M&A space around creative deals and stuff. Well, the M&A space isn't all about, again, like I said, it, the M&A space is, it isn't all of the structures. It's not. And you go to any professional company, anywhere you go, the first thing you do is start talking about business. 
let him do it. That's what that's what McKinsey does or whoever, you know, Anderson or whoever they are, you know, Ernest and Young or whoever. Um, but you as a single person, person M&A guy, you don't have to be Joe Slick from the block or whatever. You don't have to be, you know, the good sounding, good dressed kind of person. I, you know, always meet people where they are, of course, right? Don't show up in a disgruntled veteran T-shirt to a meeting with suits and ties, you know. Uh, but, um, you know, be yourself and be authentic. Simple as that. I mean, I'll, I, I go into meetings with these guys, with like Ernest and Young, all these guys, brief, brag, this, bomb, 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 you know, like the laptop and PowerPoint presentations, of, you know, all the way up. And I'm just sitting there going, all right, go ahead, guys. And then just watch them burn themselves out, you know, trying to be something they're not. And I just go, all right, well, I, I can do all that and more. What do you need? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like something like that, you know, it's, it's just funny. I get it. Chad wrote, have NFT. Oh, I have NFT. Awesome, brother. Don't miss the opportunity to learn and change your life. Hey, Chad. Thanks, brother. Really appreciate it. Wow. Very cool. Someone's posting in the comments. Very cool. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate it. Awesome. (laughs) Well, is there anything else you want to get out in the world and stuff? We're at the kind of the top of the hour. Join us us at haveNFT.io. Join the Discord chat. You can click on it. uh, Read the white paper, which is basically a synopsis of the business. It'll tell you all the the information. Get on the white list, which is basically a waiting list, right? And then join the Discord channel, which is like a chat um, where we have different tabs. We have daily updates, information. All the other members in the community are in there. We have some great times. We have some live AM, ask me anything questions. We have a live reading of the Humble Alpha every single day for 30 minutes. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great community to be in really, really is. It's interesting. I've, I, I, I jumped in there briefly. You sent something out and I got on discord. It's my first time I was in discord. I use Slack for everything. And, uh, I have Slack open here with my VA saying, your mic sounds fine. Uh, (laughs) you know, so I have people in the background making sure I'm where I'm supposed to be all through Slack, but discord was something I jumped in and I, I probably spent a few hours just on content you guys put on there. It's some really good stuff. Even, you know, even if you're not ready to buy an NFT, yeah. there's some great stuff in that Discord group that'll actually help you move forward in in all kinds of areas. Uh, I listened to one of the readings uh, of the Humble Off. I just it didn't line up with the calendar. I, I plan on actually ordering that and listening to it, um, uh, or buying it and reading it. Um, but I, I appreciate you being on the show, man. This is a different show than most of them. I think it's a needed one. I think we've talked about like what it looks like to evaluate buying. What does it look like to prepare to sell? What it, if you don't deal with the humans in the middle of this, you're just not going to get it done. Especially if you're doing like a lot of our listeners, you're a solopreneur trying to build a small team yeah. to buy yeah. a, a company under 1.5 million EBITDA. You better get into the human of that other end because he, he he's not. You know, I can see the difference. I can see you being that alpha guy if you're trying to play with the P and E guys or something like that because that's well, what they expect. Alpha, there's nothing wrong with alpha as long, long as it's on the inside. Right. That's when uh, we say humble alpha. Humble on the outside, alpha on the inside. I love that there's distinction. Wrong with, there's a difference between power and force. You know that, right? So oh, you know it's it's all about the power that you radiate, not force that you're pushing. You know you don't want to push people. You don't want to you know force people. You're just radiating power, and they're like, whoa, you know. That's what's we're talking about. Humble on the on the outside, off on the inside. Got it. Well, I appreciate it. I'm going to wrap this show up and uh, hang out for a few seconds afterwards. Uh, Roger. And I'll kind of share some information with you, and we'll be done. Roger. Roger that. That's the yep. show. Thank you so much. The Investors and Entrepreneurs Professional Mastermind. 
The Investors and Entrepreneurial Professional Mastermind combines the traditional peer-to-peer mastermind introduced first in Napoleon Hill's famous book, Think and Grow Rich, with accountability partnering where your peers help you ensure that you set goals, take actions, and get results. If you want to scale, blow past roadblocks, and achieve success faster than you might think is possible, I suggest you take a visit over to TIEPM.com. That's T-I-E. PM.com and check out the Investors and Entrepreneurs Professional Mastermind.